The Detroit Pistons' first preseason game is in the books, and after one preseason game, did Marvin Bagley already win the backup five spot? We'll talk about that in today's episode of the Locked On Pistons podcast. You are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's the deal? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Pistons podcast. Per usual, I'm your host, Kuka Hill. You can find me over on Twitter, at Kuka Hill. I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Pistons your first listen. Every single day, we are free and available on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel, at Locked On Pistons. Hit that subscribe button, or leave us a five-star review. Whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on, that's another great way to support the podcast. And today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNBA for $20 off your first purchase. So, first preseason game in the books. There's all kinds of things that we could talk about after the first preseason game. First thing I want to say is, happy to have Pistons basketball back. Happy to have the NBA back. It was a lot of fun to be able to watch the lines at 1 o'clock and then go right into a Pistons game at 3. Uh, it, it was a lot of fun. Peak sports fandom. I mean, if you love sports, that's what you're. that's the kind of stuff you're looking for. So happy to have Pistons basketball back. Happy to be able to watch basketball um, now after it being gone, obviously, for a few months. So it was a lot of fun to have that, first of all. Um, later on in the podcast, we'll talk about Asar Thompson, who I thought shined in his first preseason game with the Pistons. Um, and then the final segment, we'll do a bunch of quick-hitting ones, like Jane Ivey coming off the bench, Jalen Duran injury, how that could potentially however serious it is, how that could affect the Pistons moving forward. Killian Hayes playing well. We'll talk about a bunch of things in the final segment. But the first thing I want to talk about is Marvin Bagley and whether he won the backup five spot for the Detroit Pistons after one game. Um, So I don't want to... The key thing is you don't want to overreact too much to obviously a preseason game any preseason game, but one preseason game especially. However, I don't think that pertain or that 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 is uh, that's something you can say about position battles that we are openly being told about that two guys are fighting this preseason and in the training camp for one spot. I don't think that's the case with that. I think everything that happens in the preseason, everything that happens in the training camp, matters immensely. You are fighting another guy for that spot. So in this first game, James Wiseman played 15 minutes and 55 seconds. Marvin Bagley played 22 minutes and 21 seconds. Now, all of Marvin Bagley's minutes came in the second half in overtime. He did not play at all in the first half. In the first half, it was Duran, and then Wiseman came in. Wiseman, I do not think, played very well. Um, he had four points, seven rebounds, three turnovers. He was one of two from the field. Wiseman, I, I just don't think he played very well in that in that first half for the Detroit Pistons. He didn't play in the second half, um, or re- barely played in the second half, I should say. Um, defensively, he just wasn't. You still some of the saw some of the same struggles for him defensively, but really just offensively. And this is we'll talk about this with Bagley, but just offensively, I still feel like Wiseman. Watching Wiseman play with the Pistons, it just seems like. I don't know if it's the Pistons want him to play differently or if it's he just hasn't really accepted what role he needs to be if he wants to get minutes on this team moving forward. Because when you watch Marvin Bagley play in the second half, who absolutely 
had a fantastic, uh, uh, absurd second half. This dude did not play the entire first half. Ended the game with 25 points. Ended the game with 25.7 rebounds and an assist. He shot 10 of 14 from the field. He hit a three from the top of the key, four or five from the free throw line. And he was a major, major reason. Now, obviously, win-loss doesn't matter in the preseason at all. But he's the biggest reason why the Pistons weren't going to end up getting blown out, why this game ended up going to overtime. He was probably the biggest reason. He absolutely went crazy in the second half. And the reason why, not only do I think that Marvin Bagley is probably just better than James Wiseman, I think Marvin, not think, I know Marvin Bagley buys into the role that he knows he has to play in order to get minutes and the role that he has in the NBA moving forward. He knows what that is. He knows he's not going to get a ton of post-ups. He knows that's not the type of player he's going to have to be if he wants to last in the NBA, if he wants to get rotational minutes. He knows that, hey, if I'm going to last in this league, if I'm going to thrive with this team, if I'm going to get rotation minutes with this team, I am going to have to be a dominant pick-and-roll threat off the bench, finish everything around the rim, and don't ask to do too much. If I get the ball around the rim, dunk the ball. If I get the ball around the rim, try draw a foul, get a bucket. Like, that's all his role is. He's going to set a screen. He's going to roll hard to the rim. And that's another key difference that you saw already in the first game with between him and Wiseman. Bagley, when he rolls to the rim... He's diving with authority. He knows that if he rolls hard, that his guards will find him on a lob, on a bounce pass around the rim. He knows that if all he has to do is set a good screen and roll hard, and because of how great of a finisher he is, we've talked about how great of a finisher he was all offseason. Everyone knows that. Because of how good finisher he is, he knows that's all he has to do. And he has guards that will make his life easy, and it also makes the guards' life easy when they have a lob threat like that. And that's all he did in this second half. This wasn't Marvin Bagley getting isos and, you know, trying to take step-back middies. He did have one post move he he got to do in the second half, but it was only one post opportunity he really got. All of it was simply rolling to the basket, catching lobs, kept catching dump-offs. He hit one trailing three from the top of the key, which you would love to see. That's not him creating an open three or anything. That's him walking into one. His teammates get it to him. If he's open, you'd like to see him hit it, and he did. That's what you get to see from Marvin Bagley, and he thrives in that. He's fantastic with that. Wiseman, on the other hand, it still just feels like when he rolls the basket, it's not it's not that he's lazy. That's not what it is. He just seems like he wants to kind of float in the in-between area so he can get the ball in a bounce pass and kind of create for himself. He wants to kind of create post-up opportunities for himself. And that's just not what the Pistons want from him. If James Wiseman believes he's a post-up player, then you know what? I can't convince him that he isn't, okay? If he wants to believe that, that's fine. But the problem is that's not what the Pistons need from their backup five. They don't need a five that wants to post up. They don't need a five that wants to, that needs to soak up touches in general. That's not what they need. They have guys who are creating offense. They have guys who are going to soak up the touches in Cade, in Ivy, in Burks, in Monty Morris, in Asar Thompson, in Killian Hayes. Like all these guys, in Jalen Duran. All of these guys are going to be the ones you play through the offense through. What you need are guys around them that fit a role and is going to play that role to the best of their abilities. And and Marvin Bagley, as you saw in the second half, it wasn't like, and this is no way trying to take away from Marvin Bagley that he was spectacular in the second half, fantastic. But it wasn't like Marvin Bagley was being asked to do the most difficult things out there, which is why, it's why Marvin Bagley, I'm honestly, I'm, I'm happy for him 
because he had such a tough start to his career, but he's bought into knowing that, hey, if I just set screens and roll to the basket, my life will be made a lot easier. I'm way, I'm incredibly athletic. I'm a great finisher. I have great touch around the rim. And I'm going to dunk everything I get a chance to. He knows that all he has to do is play a role, fit that role, and he can get 14-10. Like, it's, it's that easy for him. If he just buys into that, he knows that, and that's he's bought into it, and he's creating that role for him. I don't feel like that's the case with James Wiseman. You could make an argument about whether he's able to even play that role, but the, the fact of the matter is, I don't think either of them are great defensively, but offensively, Bagley's just simply going to do the things you want to happen with an offense that has Kay Cunningham, Jane Ivey, Asar Thompson, like those guys. Bagley's going to do that. Bagley's going to do those things, whereas James Wiseman just isn't. He didn't do it last year with the Pistons, and I know this is one preseason game, but this is what we saw last year. And this is why Bagley, in my opinion, should have been the backup five going into the preseason. And I think after just one preseason game, 25 points in one half, he didn't even get to play in the first half. In one half, he thoroughly outperformed the other guy he's he's battling with. Not just, like, took the lead. Like, he's leaps and bounds ahead. Like, I, I don't think that if the Pistons are trying to put the best players on the floor, I, I think it's just simple. I, this is not hating on any player. This is not trying to be mean to any player. If you're putting the best players on the floor, I think it's pretty clear that Marvin Bagley is just better than James Wiseman. He just And he's a, he fits the role of what the Pistons need more than James Wiseman. I'll leave it off with this. James Wiseman got to play that first half. Marvin Bagley didn't touch the floor the entire first half. When Marvin Bagley came in that second half, the immediate first two plays, the immediate first two plays with the Pistons offensively with Marvin Bagley, a K. Cunningham lob to Marvin Bagley finish, and then a Jane Ivey lob to Marvin Bagley and a finish. These guys just have a better chemistry with Marvin Bagley because he knows all he has to do is roll and catch lobs. He's not asking to do anything else. He doesn't need to do anything else. He doesn't want to do anything else. He knows he can get 14 points just off of that. I think it's pretty clear. I, I thought it was clear before preseason. I think Bagley just made it even more clear in the first preseason game. Like, I, I, I'm sorry. I just think that's what it is. I think if you watch the game without having any bias, I don't see how you could think any differently. So let me know what you think down in the comment section down below. If the Pistons are just trying to put the best players on the floor, do you think Marvin Bagley should be the backup five? Do you think after one preseason game, after how Marvin Bagley played, He's already basically secured the job. Let me know what you think in the comment section down below or over on Twitter at Cooper Hill. When we come back, Asar Thompson's first game with the Detroit Pistons, obviously it's preseason, so it's not technically it's going to be his first game, but first game playing NBA basketball. How did he do? Why I thought he played extremely well despite the efficiency. We'll talk about that when we come back. But first, I've got to tell you guys about one of our sponsors, this one. I've got to tell you guys a little bit about... Game time. You shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. With killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee, Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event, even an hour after it starts. It's the place to find last-minute seats. Find exclusive flash deals and sponsored deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. With zone deals, you pick the section, and GameTime picks the seats for an average of 18% savings. 
and the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and roll for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. So don't so go download the game time app, create an account, and use code locked on NBA for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply again, create an account and redeem code locked on NBA. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-M-B-A for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed with Game Time. So I want to thank you guys again for making Locked On Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. And if you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel at Locked On Pistons. Hit that subscribe button or leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on. That's another great way to support the podcast. If you're listening to the podcast on one of the podcast platforms or if you're watching this on YouTube, whichever one, please hit that subscribe button at the YouTube channel. We are on our way to 10,000 subscribers by the end of this upcoming year. That is the goal for us. I believe we can do it. I just need you guys to hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. It's the best way to support the podcast. I would really appreciate it. The Pistons rookie, fifth overall pick, Asar Thompson, played in his first NBA action tonight, and he actually played in, in, an insane amount of minutes. Um, he played 39 minutes in this game, and Monty said after the game, um, I didn't mean to play Asar Thompson that much. I kind of just had him playing. I looked up at the board. I was like, oh, oh my God, he's at 39 minutes. Let's get him out of there. Um, so they got him out in overtime. He kind of was just playing. Um, so, yeah, I didn't expect him to play that much. However, I thought watching Asar Thompson, I thought you saw exactly why he was the fifth overall pick and exactly why he's going to be the Pistons starter. I think he's definitely going to be starting for the Pistons this upcoming year. I, I don't think there's any... I don't have any questions about it anymore. I think he's definitely going to start for them. And why he's so, how, actually not why, but how versatile he is. Now, in this game, he shot three of nine from the field. He shot one of three from deep. He shot five of eight from the free throw line. It's not great efficiency. Now, the one three he did hit set the game to overtime. So, clutch, you know, you got ice water in his veins. You'd love to see that. But he wasn't too efficient in this game. And despite that, I thought he played absolutely fantastic. He had 12 points, 10 rebounds, 6 assists, and a block. You saw, again, how versatile he was on both ends of the floor. Let's just talk about defensively. Defensively, in, I, it was like one of the first possessions of the game. I tweeted it out. He what, Talk about welcome to the NBA moment, moment. You go against the Phoenix Suns, and you got Bradley Beal, Devin Booker, and Kevin Durant. And on one possession, he had to switch on to all three of those guys. On one possession. Now, they ended up scoring on that possession. But talk about welcome to the NBA moment. Hey, you're, you got our KD, top 15 player ever. Devin Booker, probably a top 10 to 15 player in the NBA right now. Probably top 10. And then Bradley Beal, who's one of the best scorers in the NBA currently. You got to switch out on all three of those guys on one possession. Good luck. Like, my God. But he took the challenge. He had a block on, I don't know if they gave him a block or... Actually, he had a block. He didn't have any steals, so they made it a block. Um, Devin Booker went to the rim. He walled off Devin Booker. Devin Booker tried to force up a shot, and instead of just blocking it, he legit just jumped up and snatched it out of Devin Booker's hands. Like, both hands, pulled it out of his hands, and just started to transition. Like, that, that that's, that's tough to do against Devin Booker. Multiple other possessions, too, where you saw him wall off Devin Booker on multiple drives to the rim. Now, Booker still did his thing even though he played only in the first half. First of all, Devin Booker, 
this dude went to the Lions game at one o'clock in some, in, you know, in some Detroit gear. At one o'clock, the Pistons played at three. Okay, usually guys are there like hours before getting warmups in. At one, he's at the Lions game. He starts the Suns game. Then at halftime, switches back into the gear he was or the the outfit he had for the Lions game and just chilled on the bench. Like, <laughs> come on, bro. That come on. But anyways, back to the Sartans. I just thought that was hilarious, dude. That that was some like, bro. Are you for real? But um. I thought Sar played incredible defensively. I think you already saw that he moves his feet incredibly well. He's incredibly strong. He's athletic enough to keep up with just about anyone you're going to put in front of him. I thought he was really good defensively. You saw how versatile he was switching throughout the lineup. Um, And then also, I thought you saw a few plays as well when you you saw him try to make a play on some weak side of rim protection. One of the plays, he blocked Nurkic, but they called a foul. Um, So I, I thought Sar defensively. I just thought he was really good. I thought he was really good. Offensively, though, this is where I thought, to be honest, I was even more impressed with him offensively than defensively. And, yes, I'm saying that even after he shot 33% from the field, and here's why. There is so many. I, I, I said this in the offseason to you guys, man. There is so many ways you can use him offensively. I know the first thing that people thought about, when you looked at Asar Thompson in the draft, it was, Oh, he's not a marksman from deep. You can't make it work. He can't space the floor out, et cetera, et cetera. He's going to clog the paint for Cade and Ivy, yada, yada, yada. can't work. But there is, he's so versatile. There's so many creative ways you can use him. And I th- feel like you saw every single possible way that he can be used tonight. Let's talk about transition. The dude has six assists. I have to assume at least half of them was in transition. There are so many plays that on the defensive rebound, he would catch it, immediately throw it up the court. He would catch it, run down the court, lead the fast break, find someone open on the uh, in transition. Multiple plays where someone else get the defensive rebound. Let's say Killian Hayes, who played a lot with them. We'll talk about that a little bit later. He'd kick it ahead to Asar Thompson, then Asar Thompson would make a play for somebody else. Same thing with Cade, all of them. He was fantastic in transition, not just making plays for himself, drawing fouls, getting to the free throw line, but making plays for others. That's transition. Let's talk about in the half court. You saw him cutting on multiple occasions and getting open shots for himself. Him and Killian Hayes, it was a sight to see on the floor. Killian Hayes has, has incredible high IQ. He's a high field player. Now, talk about the, whether he can make shots or not. That obviously is going to be his make or break, whether he can last. But he's an incredibly high field player, and if you move around off ball, he will find you. And he found a star a few times, cutting to the basket, making plays. That's going to be a match made in heaven. If they do end up on the floor together, if Killing Hayes does end up in the rotation, they'll love playing together. So you saw him making plays, cutting to the basket. Early in the first half, you saw him being used as a short roller, introverted, introverted uh, pick and rolls with um, him and Cade. Cade would dump it off to Asar in a short roll. He had two wraparound skip passes to the corner to Isaiah Stewart. Now, Isaiah Stewart missed both of those. That's something we'll probably talk about in the next podcast. I'm not going to talk about that on this one. But you just saw that he can make plays in transition. He can make plays. Um, he can make plays cutting to the basket. He can make plays in the short roll. I'm just now realizing that I don't think I said that correctly. Is it inverted? My God, I said introvert inverted pick and rolls between Cade and Asar. I knew when I said it, I was like, dude, that doesn't sound right. You, you didn't say the right word there. Inverted pick and rolls with Cade and Asar and Asar rolling in the short roll, making plays out of it. You can see all the different ways. And then he even ran pick and rolls himself. First play, I believe he had the ball in his hands. 
pick and roll with Jalen Duran, got to the basket, wrapped around for a Jalen Duran dunk. So th- and then he hit a catch and shoot three at the end of the game. Now that part is something that he's gonna have to grow and develop. I don't think that's gonna be there immediately. However, there is I just pointed out four different ways you can use this guy on offense. Yes, it rec- it requires a little bit of creativity. You can't just pluck him in the corner and say, "Here you go, catch and shoot threes. But that shouldn't be an NBA offense anyways. You shouldn't be telling players talented like Asar Thompson to just spot up in the corner and make threes. Like, that's not how you should use them. You should be using creative ways to use them. And Monty was showcasing that. And I think you already got the first glimpse of why this .5 second offense that Monty talks about is going to help the Pistons. You saw it on multiple occasions. It really lends its hand to high field players, to players who have incredible feel with the game make quick reads, and have high IQ. For example, there was two plays that really jumped off with Asar Thompson in the first half. First one is, uh, I believe it was James Wiseman got the offensive rebound, kicked out to Jay and Ivy. Jay and Ivy swung it to Isaiah Stewart. Isaiah Stewart swung it to Killian Hayes. Killian Hayes attacked the closeout, then dumped it off to Asar Thompson, who reset himself after missing, reset himself on the block, caught it, dunked it. Incredible feel, incredible ball movement by everybody on that floor. Fantastic game, or a fantastic possession from the Detroit Pistons. The other one was the short roll read I talked about just a few minutes ago. Those passes are not easy passes to make. Those are not easy reads to make. And not only did he make that on like the right wing, he wasn't like he was making the, usually when you run short rolls, you're making the read from like the free throw line because you're running a high pick and roll and you're catching it around the free throw line and you're making a read right there. It's harder to make those reads when you're running on the side. He catches the ball kind of at the high post area, a little bit below, um, the high post area and Jalen Dern's already underneath the basket. He can't go to the rim. So in order to get this pass off, he has to jump kind of out of bounds, wrap this pass all the way around and zoom it to Isaiah Stewart in the corner. Not only do you have to be accurate with that pass, you have to have the athleticism to make that pass. You need to make that read that quick. You need to be able to read the defense quickly. Okay. I got a guy in front of me. Stu's guys tagging down on Dern. I have to get this pass over there. And Asar made that play just like that. So, yes, does Asar need to become more efficient eventually in his career? Yeah, I like that's something he's going to have to work on. But you're already seeing why he was taken fifth because he can do so many things on the basketball court. And, by the way, he's a top athlete in the entire NBA. He's one of the best athletes you're going to see in the NBA every single night. I love what I saw from Asar. He's going to start for the Pistons opening night, and I, I can't wait to watch this dude for this season. I, I, I just can't. He does so many things on the basketball court, plays the right way, makes the right decisions. I love him. I, I This dude, it's going to be so much fun watching him play. So let me know what you guys think about Asar Thompson's first experience in the NBA. Were you guys impressed? Were you guys not impressed? Let me know all that in the comment section down below, over on or down in the comment section, or over on Twitter at Kuka Hill. When we come back, we'll talk about a bunch of things. We're going to do a bunch of quick-hitting stuff. Jane Ivey. Coming off the bench, or not Isaiah Stewart, but Killian Hayes, playing well. Kay Cunningham, how did he look? We'll talk about all those things when we come back. But first, I've got to tell you guys about one of our sponsors, Jace Medical. Everyone should feel confident to take care of themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. Jace handles everything from online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. With Jace Medical, Jace Case, you get five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use. All you have to do is fill out a simple online form, and in some cases, you do have to jump on a quick call with one of their board-certified physicians. It's doctor-created and doctor-recommended. Here's a review from a Jace customer named Frank. Quote, 
I received our package the same day I got a sinus infection and my doctor was out of town. No appointments for days. Thank goodness it arrived, end quote. In 2023, with pandemics, shortages, storms, you should be prepared for just about everything. Jace Medical is a simple way to be prepared for everything. You go online and fill out a form and you get a prescription, life-saving medications right at your door. The Jace case gives you that peace of mind in case of any emergency. Save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical plus an additional $20 off by using my code Locked On at checkout on jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-C medical.com. Use code Locked On for an additional $20 off again at jacemedical.com. So I want to thank you guys again for making Locked On Pistons your first listen of every single day. We're free to on all your podcast platforms. If you haven't already, head to the YouTube channel at Locked On Pistons. Hit that subscribe button or leave us a five-star review on whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. There's another great way to support the podcast. So, there, again, there was a lot of stuff that happened in this first preseason game. Obviously, there's a lot to talk about because it's the Pistons' first action in months. Everyone was excited to see the Pistons play. So much stuff everyone was looking for. So we're going to have some stuff to talk about throughout the week on the podcast. So just stay tuned. But um, the fir- one of the things I want to make sure I do talk about on this podcast is obviously Jane Ivey came off the bench in this first preseason game. Now, we had hinted on the podcast the last few days that this could be a possibility. I, I talked about how I don't think that he'll come off the bench to start the season, but Monty Williams had spoke about it. Jane Ivey kind of hinted at it a little bit that, hey, starting doesn't matter. And then James Edwards III wrote twice, two articles that mentioned the possibility of Ivey coming off the bench. And now Jane Ivey came off the bench. Now, do I think Jane Ivey is going to come off the bench to start the year, the actual regular season? No, I think that he's going to be the starter. However, it's obviously something they're considering and something they want to test out. I don't think they should bring him off the bench. Let me make that clear. However, I, I did like... The thing I want to watch for now is I don't think they're going to bring him off the bench, but I want to see if they're able to use him in the same way that he came off the bench in the starting lineup. Because basically what they had him do coming off the bench, I thought he looked excellent offensively. I thought he looked... Offensively, he might have looked the best out of anybody offensively. Like, it was him, Bagley, and Killian. I, I thought I thought those guys looked the best. I think there's an argument that Jane Ivey looked clearly the best offensively. Explosive, even more twitchy, I thought, than last year. Like, more assertive in his attacks at the rim. Just incredibly twitchy. I thought he looked fantastic. But, basically, when he came into the game off the bench, his role was to score. Like, he came in, they gave him the ball in positions, go score the ball. Shoot the basketball. They, they had him as the go-to scorer coming off the bench, which makes sense. You're going to play him off the bench with Killian Hayes. You're going to play him off the bench with, uh, who else played? Joe Harris, a Marcus Sasser, a, a, a James Wiseman at that point. Um, Marvin Bagley in the second half, but Jane Ivey didn't really play that much in the second half. But in the first half, it was James Wiseman. In that lineup, you do need a go-to score, and that's Jane Ivey. They asked him to do that, and he was excellent, I thought. I thought he was fantastic. He was hitting moving threes. He was hitting pull-up threes. He was getting to the rim incredibly quickly, finishing at the rim. We talked about how you need to improve as a finisher around the rim. I thought he had a few really tough finishes with both hands around the basket. Just I thought he played fantastic. So, do I think he's going to come off the bench to start the year? No. But when he is in the starting lineup, I, I want to see if they can kind of craft that role for him where he's kind of being put in positions. to. And it's not like he can't make passes. He had four assists in this, in this game. So, 
he can kind of make those reads off of his aggressive scoring mentality. He knows how to make reads off of that. But I just want to see them. I want to see if they do continue to do that, where they put him in just positions to score the basketball. Because, my God, he looked really good in it tonight. That's not to say that I don't want him doing other stuff. I just thought when he was in this role to just come in and score, they were putting him in positions on the floor, just go score the basketball. My God, he looked really good. He looked really good. Really, really good. I thought he, I, again, I thought he looked the best of anybody offensively. I, I thought he looked fantastic, um, which was great to see. Three-level scoring, aggressive scoring. I loved it. Absolutely loved it. Um, next guy, Killing Hayes. Killing Hayes, it, we, t- we heard Monty talk about. Killing Hayes looks really good in training camp. He looks really good. Uh, we talked about the... What, what do you say? This, he, how tall he is, how strong he is of a defender, how he's making plays on both ends of the floor, et cetera, et cetera. We got to see him in this game. Now, Monty Morris did not play in this game. He was hurt. Killing Hayes played, and I thought if it's not Jane Ivey, Marvin Bagley, Killing Hayes might have had the, one of the top three best offensive performances in this game. He was 5 of 8 from the floor, 13 points, 7 assists, 5 steals. Again, 5 steals and 1 turnover. I thought Killing played absolutely fantastic. He played aggressive as hell trying to get to the basket. He got to the basket multiple times, converted an and one once, went straight into the body of somebody, which was great to see because it's not something he did a lot last year. Something we've wanted to see from him was go all the way to the basket, accept contact, and get free throws, which he did tonight. He hit his pull-up middies. He created open shots for Asar Thompson. He created open shots for Joe Harris. He created open shots for Marvin Bagley. I thought he just played incredibly well offensively. And then defensively, like we mentioned on the podcast a few days ago, I said that they were going to have him play as a three defensively. That's exactly what they did. They had him guarding the threes defensively because of how good of a defender in the passing lanes he is, how good of a defender when it comes to making rotations and knowing how to play off ball. He's a fine point of attack defender, I think. I I do think he's a good point of attack defender. But off ball, he's a way better off ball defender because of his ability to make the right rotations, know where to be, and play aggressive in the passing lanes with it with his wingspan and his IQ. And he created five steals tonight. That all created open opportunities in the transition for the Pistons. So do I think Killian Hayes has earned himself a rotation spot? No. I don't think he automatically has a rotation spot. But do I think he's continuing to show that he should be in the rotation based on what Monty said looked like in training camp and how he looked in the first preseason game? Yeah, I, I think he's making a case that you're going to have to play him if he's going to play like this. You're not going to be able to keep him out the rotation. I think the easy way you do that, like I said, have him be the three defensively and then run the offense as the one um, as the point guard, which is exactly what you saw in this first preseason game. So if Kaelin continues to play like that, he's going to be in the rotation. I, I thought he played fantastic. Um, we talked about Marvin Bagley, Killian Hayes, Jane Ivey. Uh, last thing I want to talk about with Cade, I don't care that he shot 5 of 15 in this game. It's preseason. Um, last two years we've seen Cade get off to a little bit of a slow start, first two games or something, and then, you know, heat up. So I'm happy he's going to be able to play the whole preseason because he'll be able to knock some rust off and really get into things. The only thing I want to say about Cade, his game, it's not about the fact he's shot 5 of 15. I would like to see his shot diet improve a little bit. Um, He had 15 shots, no free throws. And I don't think any of these were because he he wasn't getting the benefit of the whistle. I just don't think he was going to the rim a lot. He was settling a lot for pull up middies, step back middies. And those are just, they're just tough. It's a tough shot diet to live off of. You don't want your star only living off of that. So, again, I don't care that you shot 5 of 15. It's preseason. Take your shots and, and get into the rhythm. 
I would just like to see his shot diet become a little better. Like, balance out some of those middies. Not saying don't take the middies. He's a good mid-range shooter. Take the middies, but also get to the rim. Draw some free throws. Get to the basket. Get some layups. Um, you saw him get to the basket a little bit more in that third quarter. Um, but get to the basket. Take some pull-up threes. Take some more threes. Like, balance it out a little bit. Just relying on only the mid-range, it's a tough shot diet to live off of. It's just going to be tough. So, and it leads to inefficient basketball. So that's the only thing I want to say about Caden's first game. Outside of that, not reading too much into anything. Um, but that's all I've got for you guys today. What are some takeaways you guys had from the first preseason game for the Detroit Pistons? Let me know in the comment section down below or over on Twitter at Kuka Hill. I'll see you guys next time. Hit that subscribe button to the YouTube channel. Leave us a five-star review or whatever podcast platform you're listening to this on. And until next time, I'll see you guys later. Stay safe. Go Pistons. Haven't said that in a while, but go Pistons. Until next time, peace out.